0: Welcome everybody to episode eight of Sports Nuts and Beer Guts, a podcast where we aim to keep you entertained as we discuss sports, beverages, and various shenanigans. With me today, I've got a couple of Sports Nuts you're probably familiar with. Coming to us out of Middle Tennessee, we have Chris Collette. Chris, say hi to the fans out there. What's up, peoples?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and also coming to us from Middle Tennessee tonight... The one and only Matthew David Hickman.
1: Evening everybody, yet another road game for me.
0: Hickman has been burning up the the highways. Oh yeah. So feel free to reach out to us on the Twitters, uh, at Sports Nuts Pod. We got a Facebook group going. Uh, we've got a couple contests. We're trying to figure out a few
2: things. Um, but guys, as we get started tonight, what are we drinking? I'm drinking vodka. It's It's been a little while since I've had some vodka, so... Uh, tonight is a sky vodka kind of night with a little splash of my diet, seven up because I got to watch my uh, 240 pound figure.
1: <laughs> so, at least, uh, it's not been longer than two weeks, we know that much that's been documented. <laughs> True. So, <laughs> um, I am um drinking Publix brand sweet tea. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: You're in a hotel in Nashville, and you went for public sweet tea.
1: Yeah, I'm in Antioch, so
2: (laughs) you might get shot if you go to Waffle House.
1: That's what I hear. So I'm keeping it, you know, real, pretty pretty simple. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what we're going with tonight.
0: Nice. Well, I'm going with the uh, the Rabbit Hole Bourbon coming out of Louisville. Uh, Nice little bourbon I got for my birthday last week. According to this bottle I'm looking at, it won the 2017 Double Gold New York World and Wine
2: Spirits Competition. I could swear they make those things up. (laughs) I
0: mean, everybody's got one.
1: Oh my gosh, that's that's what we're doing. We're absolutely endorsing something. The Sports Nuts and Beer Guts Quintuple (laughs) Platinum Beer of the Year. I
0: don't know if you guys lived through this like I did but I feel like high school cheerleaders are this way that they always go to a competition and somehow always come back with a national championship.
2: Yes. Yeah. Like I,
1: know, I know at my high school they did. They, That, you know, they, that could be possible, but uh, there weren't many cheerleaders that talked to me in high school, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> I thought you were a football stud, Hickey. Uh, one of those two words applied to me. <laughs> I'll let you guess which one, they, which one it is. <laughs>
0: Well, this week we're going to talk a little college football. We're going to talk about the tragedy that was USA Basketball in the FIBA World Cup. Uh, We may even have a little bit to talk about the Patriots. And there was a fourth down call that uh, we we seem to disagree on that happened over the weekend. But before we do, let's make sense of the week. Our Making Sense of the Week segment is sponsored by Edward Jones. Edward Jones Advisors can help work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long-term. Edward Jones provides the tools for a reasoned, disciplined approach to investing. Call 865-988-7560 to schedule a face-to-face appointment today. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SPIC. All right, guys. This week, let's make sense of some college football. We've we've neglected it mainly because nobody has played anybody so far. But still Chris, <laughs> Chris, what would you say is your biggest surprise in college football this year?
2: Uh, my biggest surprise is I'm still sitting in the recliner trying to figure out how the hell Georgia State beat Tennessee. I I I got nothing. I I'm I watched it and I was stunned while watching it. And three weeks later, or however long it's been, I I I just stare at my TV anytime Tennessee football's on, I'm like, how the hell did they lose that game? So my well, biggest surprise is that game. Georgia State did follow it up with a big
0: win against Furman, so that's probably how they won. They just dominated the competition. Yeah. Higman, what's been your biggest surprise?
1: Aside from that depressing notion, let's I was I'm shocked at LSU's offense. You don't trust it's- the ogre? The, the purple cookie monster man I don't know he's uh, hearing stories when he was at Tennessee ripping his shirt off and yelling and hollering in his indistinguishable Cajun jabber I mean people love him down there but anyway uh, I mean he uh, is the water boy right he's he's a combination of the water boy coach my high school offensive line coach who was who had nine fingers and <laughs> boomhauer oh yeah yeah he was missing a thumb you, you could go ask coach watson stories like hey coach how'd you you know how'd you lose that thumb oh well tell you old man i lost it down there in vietnam and then and then like two weeks later he'd tell you he had it cut off by a weed eater and then i mean he was like your stereotypical offensive line coach but yeah ogeron's a mixture of those somehow he has uh i think contracted out his offense and it looks sharp burrow apparently can throw the ball so they're legit contender
0: Yeah, that's a good one there. Um, I'm going to go a total homer pick on this one. University of Kentucky Wildcats, who should have beat Florida last week. They've got a wide receiver who's like 6'5", 6'6", basketball player from Iowa, transferred to Kentucky last year. Ahmad Wagner. You may know him as Ahmad Flagner because the guy has had 17 targets in his career. 16 have ended positively. Either he has caught the ball or drawn a P.I., a pass interference. It's, it's, it's insane. I still don't understand. Half the penalties they throw I don't really think are pass interference, but you have a 5'10 corner trying to cover a six five receiver. He's not a tight end. And it is, it is something to behold to the point that Kentucky fans are now assuming we just need to throw to him three straight downs one drive next week uh, just to see what happens because why not?
1: Why don't teams do that more? If, you, why, if you're under man, go for it.
0: Why don't hockey pl- hockey teams have sumo wrestlers in the goal? I don't get it. These are simple things that somebody needs to try. I don't understand why they don't. But great you, question. But you guys both mentioned Tennessee. Is there any chance they write the ship? They got Florida coming to, or they're going to the swamp. Chris, any chance Tennessee writes this ship?
2: Um, as the uh, great NBA draft analyst Fran Frischilla says. Tennessee is two years away from being two years away.
1: Hold Uh, up.
0: I'm going to call you out on this one here, sir. How many texts have I gotten from you? Text messages saying it's all a hoax. They're going to run the table in the sec.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm just being a smart ass on those. (laughs) They're two years away from being two years away. I mean, the roster is, it's slightly improved over the last eight years. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's depressing turning on NFL games and seeing zero Tennessee players that actually recognize playing. Uh, like Alvin Kamara. Uh, yeah, the rarely used Alvin Kamara. Yeah, way to go, Butch. Uh, Yeah, they're, they're still a ways away. I mean, Florida's not that great, and Florida's playing a quarterback that's probably better than Felipe Franks. So, Yeah, he uh, looked pretty good. He did look pretty good. So, I mean, Florida's not great, but at the same time, my expectations for Tennessee right now are just extremely low. So can they write the ship? Sure, because Florida is just not great. Will they? I wouldn't bet on it.
1: There is a 1% chance. And by right the ship, I assume you mean like through the season. Sure. And I think 1% percent's generous. Like could, could Florida turn the ball over six times and Tennessee luck into a victory? No, that won't happen. <laughs> Because it's Florida and Tennessee. (laughs) Nothing ever good happens there. So uh, yeah, they could could they luck out and beat Missouri or Kentucky? Yes.
0: Better watch your mouth when you're talking about the Wildcats.
1: Saying luck, man. I'm not saying skill. If y'all remember the very first podcast we said if every team I said if every team ran dive left and dive right against Tennessee every play, they Tennessee would lose every game.
0: Like BYU.
1: Had they done that, that would have happened. They didn't. They chose to pass the ball all the time, and that's what got them in trouble with a bad quarterback, but no, they don't write the ship this year, not until they get some more talent. Uh, it's just just please respect our privacy during this difficult season. <laughs> I I mean, I don't think Tennessee's
0: near as bad as they look. I know the fans are real mad about Jared Gaunt, Garantano. Mm-hmm. I think most people liked him better when he was Garantano, but uh, Garantano, stats-wise, isn't terrible. I know they Played some garbage he, teams earlier he on. He's
2: just the slowest uh, mobile quarterback ever. Is that the case? He, Yeah, he's n- he's not a dilatory quarterback. And he's not accurate enough to actually hit somebody. And as not great as he's played this year, those backups look not good against UTC. So <laughs> he is definitely our best option.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, we were talking about Florida. You guys don't think they're that good. What do we think about UCF? they put it to Stanford wasn't even close does UCF deserve a seat with the big boys hickman are they uh, they need to be in that power 5 playoff conversation
1: so it's interesting they enjoy some of the same advantages that florida state has and you know the other big big city massive enrollment they're like the what the third or fourth largest university
2: i mean I think they might be the largest
1: Okay, so so they're they're enormous. The funds are going to be there. They're in Orlando, which don't get me started on Orlando. That's possibly my least favorite city in the country. But anyway, yeah, they've they've proven themselves in big situations. Even they, I would love to see it. I think they're better than about than everyone in the ACC besides Clemson, right?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, when I think about it, I noticed last week Florida State and Virginia played. Virginia's ranked in the top 25. Like, how is that possible?
2: Are they good? Bronco Mendenhall.
1: Yeah. So it's one of these things that when, when programs programs don't just suddenly rise in college football, it's not a sport set up for parity. So it, it rarely happens. And when it does, it has to be something sustainable. Even look at Boise State. They had that great run for about 10 years, but they're in Boise, Idaho. It's just not going to happen long term. UCF has that opportunity because of their enrollment, because of their size, and because of the state they're in. So, it could happen.
0: So, are they the best team in Florida?
1: I say yes.
2: I would say no. I would go with Florida.
0: Yeah, um, I do. Th- I do think Florida's pretty good, but
2: it, does anybody know what the score of the Stanford USC game was this year?
0: I couldn't stay up that late. It's past my bedtime.
2: Um. USC won forty-five to twenty. Anybody want to guess the UCF and Stanford game score? (laughs) Forty-five to twenty-seven. Yeah, Stanford just sucks. USC is awful. So, uh, I, I, I mean, UCF is—they're a good team. They're really good power or non-power five conference team. But I think that's all they are. It's just as Hickman said, they're kind of a Boise State. They're—they're not really a serious contender. Uh, no chance they make a the college football playoff, even going undefeated. So they'll get so, a New Year's Day bowl, but that's it. So what
0: do we do then if, I mean, they go undefeated two years in a row. They still don't have a seat at the table. They're never getting one. Other than Power 5 schools basically just paying checks the first three weeks of the year, what other benefit is there for a non-Power 5 school to play any of these big guys, Hickman?
1: There really isn't, so I mean, there's not. It's if I'm UCF, you almost wonder if there would be benefit for football to go independent. I don't know. You've got a better shot to to do that to get the power to the uh, playoff by doing that, or you know, what conference wants to add teams? The Big Twelve. They don't make sense geographically, but neither did West Virginia.
0: So, I do think the independent routes. I mean, if they're gonna put Notre Dame in,
1: yeah. There's good as Notre Dame,
0: yeah. I don't know what that does for other sports, but um, I mean, I just I think we're at that point where Power Five needs to play. I mean, the reason we haven't had anybody playing anybody because they're all paying million dollars to play, you know, num state uh, the first couple <laughs> of weeks of the of the season. <laughs> so I think we're coming to a time you hear sports writers talk about it. I mean, we're getting to that point where Power Five schools just need to break away and be Power Five schools. Quit this charade with the UCFs of the world, the Boise States of the world. That you know, we're going to give you a chance when they have no chance when it comes to football.
1: Who went to Nut State? I'm really curious <laughs> what that enrollment looks like.
0: <laughs> I wish I had a good joke for you there, but um, oh, I, I was, used all I was, my I used all my dad jokes a couple weeks ago.
1: Okay, I didn't, I didn't know if there was a. Uh, I'm not going to touch it. But okay.
0: <laughs> all right, so. Arizona State decided to hire a guy named Herm Edwards as their head coach. Herm Edwards got there and essentially acted like he didn't realize he had to recruit players to go to college to play for him. Uh, but somehow this guy is 3-0 and with a win at Michigan State. Chris, is there any chance Herm Edwards
2: succeeds at Arizona State? Um, history says there's just about 0% chance of that happening. Uh, pro guys going to college—it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work in basketball. It doesn't work in football. It's—it's it's a disaster waiting to happen. And like the Pac-12 is really bad this year, so he may rack up some wins and it may look decent. But Arizona State's—they're no different today than they were when they hired him. In my opinion, I mean they're still a—if they—if they played anybody, they're probably eight and four so they're ceiling. So. So win against a top twenty team at their stadium doesn't doesn't at, it, does it do at for Michigan you? State that doesn't do shit for me. Michigan yeah. State's a team that I, I mean, anytime a team plays to win fourteen to thirteen uh, in a game in which a touchdown's worth seven points, the variance there uh, will force you to lose games. So Michigan State kind of does it to themselves. Uh, if, if they beat Michigan, I, I might think differently. Not that I think Michigan's good or anything. Uh, it's just well, it's good because they're not. Uh, they are definitely not good, but it's just one of those things. I just, I don't understand how a team plays as slow as Michigan state plays. Like they just, there isn't like the Virginia of football where they just invite lesser teams to hang around. And then if they get hot or just have a good score and drive, you have a great chance of losing. So.
0: Pickman, any faith in Herm Edwards?
1: So I'm going to say, I'm going to have a different take. Maybe I think he could succeed. Um, Coupling a weak Pac-10 plus, I think what he is doing is more of a figurehead role, right? When you say he's Pac-10, kinda...
0: you mean Pac-12, right?
1: Yes, I do mean the Pac-12. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'm living in 1999, so. <laughs> for, <laughs> I wish I Pac-10. was too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Says every Tennessee fan,
1: <laughs> at least sports-wise. Anyway, so if he's if he's the the figurehead that he's he's contracting things out and he's providing vision and leadership, I think that's something that Herm Edwards can do. I don't think he's great with the X's and O's, and you know, on the day-to-day basis. I do remember a few a few decent games with the Jets back in the day, but they shut out the Colts in a playoff game in two thousand two. Go Herm! Anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to say maybe if, if he if he contracts those things out and provides vision, leadership, and tells everybody you play to win the game, <laughs> then yeah, maybe Arizona State does something.
0: Yeah, I'm just curious. How long does he actually try to make it work? I mean, he just seems like an old dude who just does not. I mean, unless he just loves living in Arizona, um, you know. That's possible. Yeah, get a check, coach for three or four years, then pass the torch on, and right off into the sunset. Um, So as we're making sense of of college football right now, Chris Collette, four teams that make the playoffs.
2: I would go with Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. Ohio State. Higman?
1: Wow. That's, I was going to say the exact same four. That's so, <laughs> it's so boring and so predictable. The first two you write in with a pen Alabama and Clemson. Um, Oklahoma, who's going to beat them based on who they play? Yeah. I, I, I hate to mimic Chris, but yeah, I would say the same four.
0: Well, as Chris was saying, I went ahead and wrote my four down just to, just to make sure that they were on there. And Ohio State, Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma um, is where I think we're at. And I'm not sure either team's really been tested so far. So, you know, it's Never, probably the same four. Well, let's see if we agree as we step into our next segment here. Is that the beer talking? So, a week or two ago, I guess it was last week now, Team USA didn't
2: make it to the medal round. Who would have called that one?
0: If only somebody we knew. That was smart enough to see that coming. Didn't make it to the medal round and then predictably continued to lose in the fifth place game, continued to lose in the seventh place game. Well, I guess they didn't lose because they finished seventh in the FIBA World Cup. Hickman, who do you blame on Team USA's embarrassing finish?
1: I blame the lack of talents.
0: Hold on. From from the
1: There weren't enough players.
0: From the country that invented basketball they don't have enough talent this yeah. must be the beer talking <laughs> <laughs> or the sweet tea in your case
1: yeah the, the sweet tea I mean yeah I, I, that's that's where I'm going what well, automobiles were invented in Italy and they certainly don't do it best so speaking of that what
0: cars are currently made in Italy
1: fiat's Alphas uh, Ferraris Lamborghinis
0: Oh yeah none of the good ones good call.
1: Drive a Fiat and tell me I'm wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just going to say it since none of you guys will. Greg Popovich is the sole man to blame for Team USA's finish. Wrong. In all of the communications leading up to it, it was, we're not that good. I don't know why we're the favorites. These guys got to work hard. Wah, wah, wah. Part of the coach of Team USA is recruiting players. Greg Popovich recruits players about as well as he recruits a post-game interview.
2: Anytime Landry Shamet's turning you down, you got some issues.
0: You got major issues. Um, you know, old Dingleberry at Duke didn't have problem recruiting players. Somehow Greg Popovich can't recruit even a couple of decent players. I mean, there's all these reports that two days before they left, um, and Fox just left the team, like just didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, Greg Popovich is, in my, in my opinion, maybe one of the best coaches ever, but he's to blame. Take it or leave it. Is that the beer talking? I don't know. Chris decided we need to talk a little uh, horse racing this week. Oh, yeah. The 2018 Triple Crown winner. Supposedly, and by supposedly, he did fail a drug test in his last race in California. California decided they would keep it quiet so he could go run the Kentucky Derby. Evidently, the horse's trainer, Bob Baffert, was told about it before the derby, um, but nothing was said. Basically, this guy, this horse, fails the drug test. The, uh, the California Sports Racing Commission keeps it quiet until after the Triple Crown, in which they hold a private uh, meeting to make the drug that the horse tested positive for legal, and then back-tested all that so the horse did not uh, get disqualified are you guys worried about horse racing cheating or is this a is this just a consequence of this is California Santa Anita's had like 30 some horses die over the last 12 months on their racetrack out there Um, you know is there a concern in the horse riding industry right now
2: Chris I think there should be because I mean I I can speak for anybody that watches horse racing as a casual only watch the (laughs) triple crown like I only, I only watch the three. I only watch the Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont. That's um, probably more it, than
0: most, because I pretty much just watch the Derby every year.
2: Um, yeah, but it if if there's some questionable stuff going on, then the, it, there's issues. Um, uh, if this was baseball, I mean, there might be like congressional hearings over this, but it's not baseball, so it probably won't. If but, thirty
0: people died in a baseball game in California last year, I hope we would do a little more than a congressional hearing. They're horses. They die sometime. Well, we need some glue out there, that's for sure.
1: They die sometime. That's that's some logic there.
0: (laughs) Hickman, what's the cleanest sport out there? I assume it's not horse racing. Chess. Oh question. I can't believe you said this. Did you see the article this week about chess tournaments?
2: Oh. Oh yeah.
0: Did you see it, Chris?
2: Yeah, I did.
0: So I did not. These like grand champions in chess. I wasn't going to bring this up, but since we are here, you all came to the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast for some chess trivia. These grand champions in these chess tournaments will lose 10 to 20 pounds during a tournament. Huh? And it's not just because they don't eat. Like their body is so like stressed and working in overdrive that by sitting there stagnant for 12 hours a day, they lose 10 to 20 pounds to the point that they have to continue to keep to put on weight because they lose so much in these tournaments.
2: Uh, they're burning like 6000 calories a match while sitting there resting thinking. Yes.
1: So you're telling me I could have lost weight <laughs> by thinking and getting smarter? <laughs> and instead i just I just dehydrated myself on a golf course,
0: and <laughs> the articles I read, I don't know why it's just chess, but like you know cramming for exams and that kind of stuff, something about chess and the way these guys prepare, but dropping twenty pounds a tournament
1: that's i'm I'm dumbfounded on that one
0: so you say it's the cleanest I think they're I think they're on something I mean, ain't nobody losing twenty pounds sitting there moving a chess piece?
1: <laughs> must be some heavy chess boards. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Chris, what's the cleanest sport out there? Any idea? Uh,
2: I, I would. I, I don't know that there is a clean sport. I know, man. I I might say MMA. Not that it's clean, but they actually test their player, like their are fighters. Uh, because you see, like champions actually fail drug tests. Sure. Uh Where other sports, like LeBron James, you'll never see him fail a drug test ever. Even though we all know nobody's six nine and weighs two hundred sixty pounds naturally. Uh, whatever. But, yeah, I, maybe MMA, maybe hockey. But, I mean, all these sports, they use stuff for recovery. Like You're the I mean,
0: second person that's mentioned hockey. Is hockey
1: clean? Hang on, re- real quick. With hockey, this week, a guy tested positive for cocaine and was suspended for three games.
2: <laughs> Good point. Good point. I, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a serious suspension there. All I mean, of that's, I don't know. Four percent of the season. <laughs> That's
1: 1978 NBA right there.
2: Like this, what do you what do you think about the cleanest sport out there? I, I do think you might be onto
0: something with MMA. One, because I still think they're fighting for legitimacy, trying to be a legitimate sport. So they are. um But you still have champions that fail stuff. So I mean, once you win a title, I mean, it's like the NCAA taking away a title. Sorry, Louisville. Um, You know, once you take a title, everybody knows you won it. So, I mean, theoretically, them taking down the banner, I'm never golden. I'm never going to your house or to your to your uh, stadium to see that banner anyway. Uh, So, I don't know. I mean, part of me wants to say like golf, Um, but honestly, I just don't
2: know, man. The Tiger Woods, like,
0: yeah, but he's not dominate the sport anymore. That's true. Um, so I, I just, I, I kind of agree with you, Chris. I don't think there is a clean sport out there and no, that is not the beer talking. All right, guys, what's surprising? Well, <laughs> neither is surprising. What's more impressive, the Pats outscoring their opponents by 73 points or the Dolphins being outscored by 92 through two games. Chris, which one are you going with?
2: I gotta go with the Dolphins. I I knew they were bad. I knew they were awful. I, I knew they were trying to lose, but I thought Fitzpatrick might actually have a couple competent games in him at some point. Um, we talking about the quarterback or the the yeah. safety that decided to uh, to go to Pittsburgh? Um, yeah, both actually. But right, I was talking about the quarterback specifically. There, I I mean he he has a history of like looking competent for a couple games and then just going straight to the shitter. That's FitzMagic. magic. Uh, that that's what I was looking for and. 92, like a point differential of 92 through two games is that's such a phenomenal number. Like f- losing a game by 46 on average, and it's not <laughs> like they've. I mean, one game they lost by 49, and the other was what 42 or so.
0: Yeah, like, so good. bad. Well, I'm going to flip the script. We know the Dolphins wanted to lose. The Patriots, I think, are the is is more impressive now. Part of that was they played the Dolphins, who want to lose, and therefore want to rack up points. But the Patriots' first week uh, game against the Steelers, I think, was impressive. So I don't think any of these two numbers surprised me all that much, uh, but I'd say the Patriots are more impressive. Hickman, I need you to tell me who's the better person here. Tony Bennett, the basketball coach at at Virginia, was offered basically close to a million-dollar raise this year. Dude declines it, donates 500000 of his own money to the university, tells the college to go give that to either students or other uh, other athletic staff. So Tony Bennett wins a national title, then declines a raise. Never heard that before. I don't know if you guys saw uh, guy number two, the college game day sign guy who had his Venmo up on a sign basically saying, need beer money, and had his Venmo um name attached to it dude somehow was able to generate almost $30,000 from this college game day sign. He, he's up to 43,000 right now, 43,000 wow. bucks. Well, college game day sign guy decided he's going to keep $15 to go buy him a case of beer and donate. The light. Rest.
2: Shout out to Bush light. <laughs>
1: Bush light. Oh, you're getting for 15 bucks for guy,
0: uh, but he's donating the rest to a local hospital. Um, so we got Tony Bennett. We got college game day sign guy or Hickman. What about number three? Rick Patino settled his $40 million lawsuit with the university of Louisville for zero dollars. Who's the better person?
1: I mean, that's super admirable of Mr. Pitino, someone who is known for his, uh, you know, wisdom and, and, uh, well, anyway,
0: being a vampire
1: <laughs> among, um, among other things. Um, <laughs> I don't know I saw I saw the thing about Tony Bennett. I was pretty impressed with that. I thought I think that's pretty awesome. Definitely not something you had to do um
0: or that anybody uh, does.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's got plenty of money, I guess. I <laughs> I, I I have a lot of respect for that. So I'm I'm going to go with Tony Bennett. That's pretty great.
0: Chris, better
2: guy. Um, yeah, I refuse to uh, say anything positive about Tony Bennett because he makes me watch some terrible basketball. Amen. So, yep, not oh, giving him worst. any credit. Uh, Rick Pitino, uh yeah, he he's his own he's his own worst enemy more times than not. So, I I got to go with college game day Venmo guy. Um, yeah, hey, that, I mean, I think I mean, this is
0: easy. College yeah. Venmo game day guy
1: doesn't have a million dollar paycheck coming every year. Yeah, we don't know what he does. He might. I met a guy a few he days ago that sold soap that makes a quarter million dollars a year. Well,
0: this is a college student who asked yeah, for, yeah.
2: Asked and for also, beer money. Also, uh, Venmo and uh, Bush Bush Light or uh, Bush Beer—they're matching the donation. So, I mean, it's up to forty-three thousand. So you, it's one hundred thirty thousand dollars right there. And I I saw SVP tweet out something like he's going to make it his one big thing. Today uh, tonight, so I mean this thing's gonna go over fifty thousand tonight. I mean this is it's a cool thing. So c- college vino guy,
0: easy. Thank you, Chris. And no, that was not the beer talking. All right, let's go into everybody's favorite segment: chug, sip, or pour. Got a couple good ones for everybody here tonight. <laughs> University of Tennessee on their first weekend selling beer and alcohol. They sold over twenty-two thousand cups of beer at over twelve dollars per. They also sold a hundred and nine cups of wine. I've never seen either one of you drink wine. I don't think so. Chris Collette, chug, sip, or pour wine.
2: Um, I'm pouring that shit out. I've I've drank it maybe two or three times. <laughs> it's absolutely the worst. Uh, my two favorite wine <laughs> stories. Um, first wine story is. My brother's ex-wife, um, every Christmas, I would get her a bottle of Rex Goliath wine and some other random wine that the liquor Does that
0: have the big like chicken on the front? Oh,
2: The big chicken <laughs> on the front. That's the one.
1: It's definitely a $6 bottle of wine.
2: It's <laughs> definitely about a $6 bottle of wine. Uh, I would get Vancy. her that. And then spend her. whatever the liquor store I go to, I'd be like, hey, give me an actual decent bottle of wine. And then the second one is there was a girl I was dating. And her mother enjoyed wine so much that she literally shit her pants. So those are my two well, wine well, stories. Wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. wait! You got to go more than that. How did this happen? Well, I don't um, how, what, what, what was the context?
2: Um, the context was this may have been my first time meeting her and sh- her mom got so drunk. She literally shit her pants off Ooh. wine. Good old boxed wine. It, it'll get you every time. So I'm pouring wine out.
0: I wonder if she'd ever just consider chugging that wine. Yeah. Ooh, but butt chugging
2: chug. that wine.
0: Hickman, <laughs> hey, yeah. chug, sip, or pour some wine?
1: Well, predictably, I'm going to sip wine because chugging it would be... You, if you're one who chugs wine, you you got a, a different kind of problem there, but uh, I like wine. It's. I feel like you can try it and try to be pretentious and not know what you're doing. I don't I know if it tastes really cheap, and that's just when it has a bad aftertaste. Other than that, I don't know anything about it, but I I like it. If you hand me something and it's a $6 wine, I think it tastes good. Great. Yeah, I'm going to sip it. I like it. Don't act like a douche if you are drinking your wine and you're bashing somebody for drinking a different type of it. So, yeah. Tip.
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to sip wine as well, but I've got a different take. I can't tell the difference between cheap wine and good wine. I think there's only been one time in my life at a fancy restaurant down in Mexico that a guy was buying these bottles and my wife and I just felt bad because he, was, he kept asking her to pick out bottles and she'd pick one and he'd buy one that was twice as expensive and we'd drink it and it tastes just like the, you know, whatever we get down here at Trader Joe's. So I don't love wine. Um, I think people get pretty pretentious with it. I can't taste the difference, but I'll sip it if there's nothing else going on. So there's a report coming out of Foxborough that the Patriots would not have signed Antonio Brown if they knew about the civil suit uh, that was basically happened a couple days after he showed up. But they still suited him up and played him after they found out about the civil suit. Hickman, chug, sip, or pour the Patriots?
1: Come on. Nobody nobody thinks the Patriots are, you know, the the most upright organization.
2: Their owner sure ain't upright.
1: (laughs) The owner had to pay to get upright, so (laughs) anyway, um good gosh. Yeah, they were gonna do it anyway. Whatever. It's it's just it's like an excuse it sounds like that my daughter would have said Oh, I wouldn't have done it if I knew. Okay, sure. <laughs> you do. I told you not to do it, Chris. Chuck's in uh, the Patriots. I'm
2: I'm pouring that report. It's total BS. It's just a, it's just them trying to put some positive like narrative out there of them signing Antonio Brown. Like, there's no positive other than it helps them on the football field. And Let's if they want to say stay, it helps them on the football field, say it. Just don't say if we would have known, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have signed, and we're above that. Get out of here.
1: Patriot Way has has concerns about character flaws.
0: Well, boys, I think I'm going to chug this. I'm chugging the Patriots playing Antonio Brown. Why not? He's on the roster. You've already taken the PR hit. Go ahead and roll him out there. Why not? Until the NFL tells you not
2: to. But why come out and be like, "Oh, if yeah. we would have known, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have signed him. But you're still gonna play him after knowing.
1: But he I don't already, care about yeah. them playing. It's just the 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 report is what's stupid. Yeah.
0: But he's yeah. already signed the contract. You've already paid him nine million bucks or whatever. Might as well I mean, get was, some money it was, it was out of
2: it. was more like four. So I mean, what's four million dollars to Robert Kraft? Well, that's a couple that's a hand jobs, maybe. Maybe <laughs> a blowy. Who knows?
1: Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a blow. <laughs> Got to call the Oasis Spa and Coral Gables or wherever you went. The morning of the
0: AFC Championship game. Got to get hype for the game, man. Oh, my god! Speaking of game days, Alabama has decided that they are going to start tracking students, and if they leave the games early, will not be allowed to buy playoff tickets later in the year. And I guess they're going to use this by some app they have to have when they buy the tickets, and it's geofenced around the stadium or something crazy. I don't understand. Chuck, Zipper poor Alabama, punishing students for leaving
2: early. Chris, I'm gonna pour that one also. This is like a common theme. Some poor pledge is gonna have to take a clear bag into the stadium with him and hold 60 cell phones <laughs> and just sit there in a seat the whole game and just just have 60 cell phones sitting there. Uh, I
0: never thought about that. That's actually yeah, that's pretty
2: clever. that's that shit's happening for sure. Uh, it, it serves no purpose. I mean, if you if if you want to have players stay there don't play southern miss play somebody that actually matters at home um that's my solution to it don't just be like oh we're gonna track your cell phones like like people aren't gonna give it to a pledge to stick in a clear bag and just take it back to fraternity house
1: or uh i'm gonna chug it because it's the most alabama thing that i can think of when (laughs) in middle school when i moved to alabama neighbors would come up and say well welcome neighborhood who y'all for what do you mean? Who who are we for? Y'all, Auburn or Alabama people? We're from Tennessee. Go Vols. Nope, got to choose Auburn or Alabama. <laughs> so, 20 years later, geofencing students and punishing them if they leave the uh, num nut state game early. That's that's row tie right there. That's that's, that's, that's peak <laughs> Alabama. I'll take it.
0: That sounds like when I lived in North Carolina. First question before they even asked your name. You know who's your team? I like NC yeah. State. I'm like, I don't I don't like any of y'all. Well, you got to pick one. Who's your team? <laughs> uh, that's all anybody wanted to talk about. It got real annoying. I'm going to sip this for the reason of I don't necessarily know if they're punishing students for leaving early. Alabama does not have a problem selling tickets. They're not going to have a problem selling playoff tickets. It should be for you know the fans. Uh, not every student has the option to buy it. They've got to dwindle it down somehow. So why not give it to the ones who want to be there? Um, but I'm not chugging this because this whole geofencing your students and tracking their whereabouts, that's just creepy. Like, you can, I'm surprised they can get away with that on a college campus these days.
1: It's that terrifying. Could,
0: yeah, that information is just one step away from falling in the wrong hands. And, ugh. All right, guys. We, um, we had a little debate about this over the weekend. The Colts, on somewhere around their own 30 yard line, a couple minutes left to go in the game. Had the lead, it's fourth and one. The Colts go for it. Chris chug zip, or poor. The Colts going for it on their own thirty uh, yard line when they only had a two point lead.
2: I'm gonna chug that all day. Uh, my rationale Jeez. for that is <laughs> <laughs> my rationale for that is as a Titans fan watching it in real time, I was like, please punt, please punt, please punt, please punt. The Colts had had absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. Um, they had a QB sneak earlier in the game in which they got it four yards on. Um, yeah, it was more like one inch instead of one yard. So there uh, there was minimal risk in it. I know you're like, well, if they turn the ball over, then they lose the game. Uh, did, you, did you see Marcus Mariota? He he took t- he took sack after sack when he didn't need to. Uh, the Titans are on their backup kicker right now who has a limit of about 48 yards. So just because you get up at the 30 doesn't mean shit there. Uh, And there was no risk. He was going to make it. Like if you watch the game, there wasn't a single time in which you're like, man, that Colts offensive line is getting just beat down. Like, no, the Colts offensive line was just pushing the Titans around. All right. No risk.
0: Hickman. Hope you have a better one.
2: My opinion's correct, but whatever. Also (laughs) one more thing. Um, There was a, there was a, a minute before that happened, the uh, Titans had the same situation come up in which they, it was fourth in a yard, and you know what they did? They punted the ball, and they Can't lost fit. the effing game.
0: Yeah. Uh, they also still got the ball back.
2: If you play to lose the game, you lose the game.
0: Wise word, Herm,
1: sir. That's why Herm's going to succeed at Arizona State. He does not play to lose the game.
2: I had a soccer coach
0: one time who would say, boys, winners always win and losers always lose. And that was our pregame pep talk.
1: I had a football coach that once said, boys, I ain't nothing better than daggum you <laughs> <laughs> both of those things are mean about the same. So, right. <laughs> anyway, um, are you going right.
0: forward on fourth down Hickman?
1: In that circumstance, I may not have, but that concept I'm chugging. So, the, possibly the most famous instance of this was an 9 regular season game between the Colts and the Patriots where um, Belichick chose to go for it at his own 40. A first down would have won the game. Uh, Brady throws the ball to Welker, doesn't quite get the first down. Three plays later, Manning has him in the end zone. Colts score, win the game. And he was panned for the decision. And afterwards, he basically just straight up said uh, the Colts were going to score either way. So if they did, at least I had a little bit more time. If I get a first down, I win.
0: I am pouring this down the drain. If they don't get it, you know, Kentucky had an offensive coordinator one time who um, tried to play. It sucked. Nobody thought it was going to work. And after the game, he said, well, if it had worked, you would have loved it. Okay. Um, If the Colts had lost that game, it would have been on that call. Uh, I don't understand why you risk it there. They still ended up giving it back to them. It's not like you get the first down and you can kneel it out for the win. Yeah. They still needed another first down after that. Um, they easily set themselves up for a potential loss there. All right, last chug sip rapport here. There was a bank error in Pennsylvania where the bank accidentally deposited $120,000 into this couple's account. The couple, within about a two-week span, spent about 100000 and by spending it, they gave some away, they bought a few things, they are now being charged with theft and receiving stolen property. So Hickman, Chug Sipper Poor, charging this couple due to a bank error.
1: I'm pouring all of this out. Every <laughs> every human involved in it. Uh, like, my gosh! Like, first of all, bank don't make the mistake. Second of all, people, hey, you got two hundred thousand dollars. Well, I'm just gonna go get rid of it before they change their mind. <laughs> That's not smart. The bank's gonna figure it out. And third, okay, get the money back, do what you got to do, but straight up prosecuting these people and charging them with multiple, this this is felony level stuff. This is going to, could ruin these folks, right?
0: Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, they're looking at jail time at this point.
1: I'm pouring it all out, every bit of it.
0: Chris, what do you think? Should a bank be allowed to charge a couple due to their own
2: error? I'm chugging it. They, oh, they spent one hundred twenty thousand dollars, knowing damn well it wasn't theirs. They did acknowledge uh, that
0: they knew it wasn't theirs.
2: Uh, yeah, that's, I, yeah, I'm chugging it. it. I mean, it is what it is. I believe in one one of my whole principles is just do the right thing, and that's a situation where it's there's no gray area there. Like you, you know, Great. like you know you're doing something wrong. So chugging.
0: Oh, Well, I'm bringing the gray area. I'm sipping this. Um, One, I don't understand how the couple is being charged with receiving stolen property. Right. Did the bank steal it? Because if you steal something and hand it to me, you then can't sue me, right? Like, aren't you also liable? Is the bank going to jail for this? Uh, As a guy who works in finance, I don't know how this happens. There's so many checks and balances to prevent You know, evidently, this money was supposed to be in some business account and they put it in this couple's account to prevent that kind of stuff from happening. How it took a business or a bank two and a half weeks to realize, I'm missing (laughs) $120,000. Where did it go? But I also love the couple giving some of it away, acting like Good Samaritans, and then buying like a boat and a truck. And when they asked for it back, we're just like, nope. (laughs) Like, you got to give them them. back your stuff,
1: right? Tell them I ain't got it.
0: Hide the truck in the garage; they'll never find it. So I'm, I'm, I'm sipping this because I think everybody should have and could have done a little better. But I don't really know who to blame on this one. Um, so let's work our way down here to our to our last segment of the night. Um, we're going to go to our our sports betting segment that we like to call picking and grinning. Picking and grinning, sponsored by the Agave Brothers. If you're looking for a cover band, give the Agave Brothers a call. Their renditions of "Hey Ya" and "Eye of the Tiger" are sure to be a hit at your next wedding, your uh, at your restaurant on a Friday or Saturday night, or even just your backyard party. They're based out of Charlotte, but they will travel. Um, they're high energy, fun loving band. Get them out there! But they like to sponsor our picking and grinning segment. Chris, give us a rundown of our bets and where we stand on the season.
2: Uh, We stand at not that great for the season. Um, Hickman is two and four. I am two and four and log dizzle is one and five.
1: Woo! Uh, Yeah.
2: So it's not pretty right now. Kind of like your mom. Uh, Don't talk about Shannon like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Hickman, give us your uh, give us your bets and how you're going to be what you're picking to make you grinning all week.
1: Well, there's there's one game I, I believe we're gonna end up on opposite sides for um, so I'm gonna start with this one we're gonna go to the NFL first and uh, dun, 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 the, dun. the Ravens and Chiefs over and under over under is set at 52 and a half I think oh. that is a high scoring game I'm taking the over. pound in the over that's a good call yeah taking the over on that one that's uh yeah lots of people still think Ray Lewis plays defense to the Ravens and they just have this. <laughs> oh, the Ravens was have a good defense. They don't. Was it the Anyways. chiefs and the
0: Rams last year who scored like 110 or something crazy?
2: It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Uh, chiefs. And yeah, I think it was that or them in the yeah. saints. One of the two.
1: Yeah. So there's my first second, um, going to college football for the next two. The cow bears are a two and a half point dog against Ole miss. I think Ole Miss is awful. Pack Pack twelve is not good, but I think they're better than Ole Miss. So I'm gonna take uh take uh Cal plus two and a half.
2: You buying the Justin Wilcox stock there?
1: I wouldn't say buying, but okay. uh just did he uh, have I a Tennessee tie I, at one point? He was offensive coordinator, wasn't
2: he? Uh defensive coordinator at one point, yeah. Yeah. Is this game
0: at Ole Miss? Yeah. Okay. Well, props for them for scheduling that game for both of those teams.
1: Yeah, that's a that's good. That's good. I'm sure there's a home and home there. So yeah. <laughs> Last one. I am going to take Michigan plus three and a half against Wisconsin.
0: No, I don't
1: think Michigan. Michigan's is not good, but I don't think they're quite as bad as we think. And so is
2: Army that good?
1: <laughs> yeah, Army's Army's ridiculous, man.
0: No, to Ar- be fair, play- Army all time has a winning record against the school up north.
1: Ar- Army's gonna. I mean, it's a tough game whenever you play. And th- that aside, Wisconsin's also played no one, so uh, I'm gonna say take, take the plus three and a half on that one. The half actually, I think, makes a big difference there.
2: That's what she said.
1: <laughs> there we go.
2: <laughs> all right. Well,
0: I'm uh, I'm gonna go. Two college picks, NFL pick. Um, First college pick since Hickman decides he's going to be an idiot and pick the school up north um, after they should have lost to Army. I'm taking Wisconsin at home, favored by three and a half. Uh, That place is a crazy place um, to play. Uh, Michigan's lucky it's a noon kickoff, but give me Wisconsin – Wisconsin has pitched two straight shutouts. So playing anybody or not, nobody is scoring on that defense. Uh, they've scored basically like 110 points. So they're up 110 to zero in their first two games. I don't care who you're playing. Uh, that's a lot better than what Michigan's shown. So give me Wisconsin. Second one, I always like to pick games where I've got some sort of uh, rooting interest. I'm going to be in Nashville this weekend. Vandy host LSU. When I looked at this game two days ago, I picked LSU. Right before we got on here tonight, I decided to flip the script. I'm taking Vandy and the 25 against LSU. I don't know if I think LSU is any better than Georgia, and Georgia basically beat them by 24. So I'm taking Vandy and the 25. I think LSU could, could sleep on this game a little bit. And then since my picks are terrible, I would love to get this one wrong. But I'm taking the Patriots minus 23 versus the Jets. The Jets' offense looks horrendous. Uh, I don't understand that the defense is, has anything that's going to stop, remotely stop the Patriots. Um, I think this minus 23 could be 33, and I might still take the Patriots. So, so give me the Patriots minus 23.
2: Uh, my picks, I'm going all three NFL. I'm going to stay similar to Logan. I'm taking the Cowboys minus 21 and a half against the Dolphins. Uh, That negative 96 uh, point differential for the Dolphins and the Cowboys have a pretty damn good one themselves. Uh, I don't know why that line's 21 and as Logan said, that number should probably start with a three instead of a two to start. Uh, So yeah, give me the Cowboys. Um, The Titans, I feel like this is going to be a year where they stay on script the whole year. And one thing they always do is they win in Jacksonville. So give me Titans minus one and a half. I think the Jaguars are pretty close to just throwing the towel in. Uh, and if the Titans could just punch them early in the game, it's a game that could get out of hand. Uh, similar to last year when Derek Henry literally ran over their entire team on the way to the end zone.
0: I think it's a good call. I don't think the Jaguars have anything on offense. And it appears their defense has decided they all want out of town because they're not going to win. So that's a yeah. that's a good call there. I probably overlooked that one. In my but last, it is, but it is what, a Thursday night, and you never it is know what happens Thursday, Thursday night, night.
2: You don't night. know. I'm just I'm just got to stay on script with the Titans, though. So that's why I'm going with that one. And the last one, um, I'm usually hesitant on picking a night game in which I want the road team is given points. So I normally wouldn't do this, but Rams minus three at Cleveland. I feel like that's a pretty good bet. I I think the Rams are just that much better of a team. Aaron Donald may have four sacks. Baker Mayfield may not finish the game. Uh Rams minus three seems like a that's a that's a pretty number. It's it's not a lot, so give me Rams minus three.
0: I like it. Hickman, any closing comments for us this week?
1: Oh gosh. it's the Florida week is like my least favorite week. I can't wait to see what way Tennessee loses. I think I'm just gonna go into exile for those four hours.
0: You know something you ought to do for those four hours? Oh gosh. We apparently played chess. <laughs> well, I was thinking you should uh you should read that new uh um look at that new broom that's out there. That one that's sweeping the nation.
1: Dig it into the archives there. <laughs>
0: Chris, any closing comments for us?
2: Uh, yeah, in a couple of weeks, you'll be having a bonus baseball episode released. So should be somewhere around the first uh, Sunday in October. Get all um,
0: your naps in, people. This so, is going to be a good one. Hope you're
2: looking for that one. <laughs> Forward to that one, because it's going to be a real winner. Go Braves.
0: <laughs> all right, like we always say, we appreciate all our listeners out there. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Sports Pod. Sports Nuts Pod. Uh, we got a Facebook group, and uh, we've asked for uh, for some recommendations on what the loser of the sports pick segment needs to end up doing by the end of the AKA year. A.K. Logan, uh, it's still early. Uh, still, we I mean, only one game
2: early. out, so it's
0: um, basically in the hunt. <laughs> um, so, with that being said, I'll leave y'all with this: What do lawyers wear to court? Law suits. All day, every day. Thank you, people. We'll catch you back next week for another Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast.